Hello and welcome to episode two of Across the Divide. My name is Ashley Lawrence. I am a Tottenham Hotspur season ticket holder and I'm here with my brother Ricky Lawrence. Yeah, I am an Arsenal season ticket holder despite the fact that we are brothers um, as hopefully the podcast name might have given you a clue or if not, you listened last week, you'll know that despite being brothers, we do support uh, teams from the opposite side of North London. Yeah, um, we had a little discussion just now about whether we need to say that every week, but we figured we'll at least say it for episode two. <laughs> yeah. It is Tuesday evening as we record this. and I'm just in from watching an enthralling game of non-league football between Waltham Abbey and uh, Kings Langley. And I'm very pleased to report Kings Langley emerged 4-2 victors. Um, so that I'm already in a very good mood. And we're recording episode two of our podcast, so what could be better? Yeah, I haven't watched any non-league football tonight, but yeah, I'm in a good mood as well. Why not? You're going on holiday soon, so you must be in a good mood. Yes, that is true. That is true. And out of both of our teams, our, our Premier League teams, I should say, only one of them won at the weekend, and it was yours. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was listening to an athletic podcast today, uh, and they were referencing just how like, interesting and exciting Spurs' result was and uh, you know, just how encouraging it was for Spurs fans. I almost had to remember that it was just a draw, albeit Brentford is a difficult place to go. But um, I personally, anyway, as an Arsenal fan, see it as a, a clean start for Spurs. Uh, you know, you wipe the slate clean, I guess, from having this absolute superstar, You've got a new manager, not you haven't got a new team, but I guess in a sense maybe basically have, have yeah yeah but yeah. also you know even players like Basuma coming in you could yeah. just them being able to play in maybe in a more attacking style feels like a, a new team and um, yeah I guess I don't know what do you what do you think having seen players players play for ninety minutes on Sunday um, is to you know your post hurricane era or at least post hurricane era for now. Um. Well, it is the post-hurricane era, right? He's not. Is it, well, he yeah, yeah, he, he has gone on, unfortunately, for you, for yourself. But yeah, yeah so obviously, people are already talking about if and when he'll come back. Oh, he's definitely coming back. Coming back in two years, um, nailed on. But um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I understand your cynicism because I, I think I feel like I've gone through many Arsenal new dawns in the last five or six years. But yeah, I think we're now in that stage of our rebuild where points away at Brentford become positive because we're actually playing good football and the players look like they have a plan and the manager looks like he wants to be there and all those kind of nice things but we're not we're not here to talk about current Arsenal Spurs on the pitch fortunes we're here to talk about you taking your five-year-old daughter to her first game and that what that was like and the half an hour delay (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i think if you are taking what i think is fair to say a reluctant five-year-old to a game the way you don't want to start it is with a half an hour wait outside the ground got there on saturday with uh, my daughter and the queues were really bad and i thought oh god it's going to take ages didn't we when i say didn't move we literally did not move and eventually there were murmurings about the fact that the tickets weren't working or whatever and then fortunately news broke through the queues that um the game had been delayed half an hour, which as soon as that happened, it was fine. We knew we weren't, we weren't going to miss any football. 
my daughter had no idea what was going on other than she was on my shoulders for most of it then she actually stood quite nicely um i think yeah as far as she was concerned that's just what happens when you go to an arsenal men's football match so um yeah it was fine um one thing that other than you know the obvious sack of goal taking my daughter to the game etc one thing that really took me back to going more as a kid so I obviously had to buy a program given the you know, magnitude of the occasion and there's something about a program not the price and how ridiculous it is but it's, it's the smell three pounds three pound fifty four pounds yeah four, four pounds, pounds yeah i remember it being like, three pounds yeah it's like the most boring publication ever not, not specifically the arsenal one every official program in the premier league level is so boring as well like not only are you paying over the odds but you never get any entertainment value from it uh not zero entertainment value because i did stick up the giant poster of declan rice on my daughter's wall this evening which she's very happy about um, she's very happy about she, uh, yeah she is very happy about um yeah the smell of programs is is just fantastic um it really it yeah. really like, i almost recommend you buy a program it, it, it would i spend four pounds just to smell that pay four pounds just to smell that smell again not in the near future but i would do it again uh possibly before the end of the season because it's a fantastic smell it, it's, it's a nostalgic smell i think that's what it is yeah no it is a good smell i think in i think just objectively it's a good smell like they put so much effort into them, but it's just it just has to be bland. It's like by definition, it has to be bland. They can't have any interesting opinions. The interviews are all going to be like I could write every interview that's ever been written in a Premier League program. So they just yeah. I mean, Kings Anglia programs are great because like they're actually like we put fun stuff in them. But yeah, I I, I should have been better prepared and I should have it next to me. But there was a section with a, a member of the youth team. And it's the the air the section of this. I think the program is about being a bit more green and whatnot. And they asked him what he does to help the environment, and his answer was, "I try to recycle when I can." Good on him. Yeah, I thought I thought was just like just leave that bit out. It's you know they also did reference. They did uh, give the goal score of City's goal in the Community Shield instead of Cole Palmer. That was to Cole Porter. Oh. Um, That's so, good. Uh, there's a there's a real rigorous editing going on at Arsenal when it comes to the uh, last but, turnaround time though from the Community Shield. Did she enjoy the game? I didn't enjoy the game. Um, you didn't enjoy the game at all. Again, oh, well, again, you know, we we are keen not to delve too much into the, the football itself. Yeah, um, not a great deal anyway. And yeah, it was it was it was boring. Um, I think winning games is boring now, is it? No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Forest were just boring. Um, even like their good players didn't turn up. Gibbs White and uh, Johnson, I was, you know, I particularly like Gibbs White, but they were just they they played for, to, you know to either lose two 0 or to go into the last ten minutes being two 0 down, grab a goal and make it nervous last ten minutes, which they did do. We just couldn't quite. It was like we'd forgotten how to play against a team that was going to do that, given that. I don't know, we haven't done it for three months or whatever. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a relatively boring game. As for my daughter, she seemed, she definitely wasn't sad. Um, Ringing endorsement. She yeah, no, she, she, seemed, she seemed to enjoy it. She's, she's spoken a lot about it since. 
Um, I think it's, you know, you've got 60,000 people, obviously, at Arsenal making a huge amount of noise. Um, well, it's, it's uh, I guess, I guess it's intimidating for a, for a five-year-old. Where I sit is quite far back, so it wasn't like she, she was looking into the eyes of the players. But she, I think I, she she definitely likes seeing Saka and Eddie Nketiah, who she, she's particularly fond of, uh, Declan Rice. Um, so Nketiah and like. Saka both scored? She, uh, yeah, I think before the game, if I did ask her who her two favourite players are, then um, she got the perfect gift in seeing both of those players yeah. score, which was which was nice. And uh, yeah, so I I, I, I asked her. Big fan of Tywer one year as well, isn't she? <laughs> Huge. Uh, I actually asked her um, this evening when she wants to come again, and she said, "Not for a long time because it takes too long to get in." Well, I saw your daughter on Sunday, which we'll get to. And I asked her if she enjoyed it. And she said, yes, like very, very convincingly said, yes. Um, I said, did you like Saka's goal? And she said, yes. And I said, did you cheer? And she said, no. I no. Said, okay, obviously, it was, a, it was a brilliant goal. And my instincts, obviously, you know, as, as one does, you, you cheer. We actually stood up the whole game. Uh, where I sit, we end up, we do just stand. So I stood to her on a chair and she sort of um, leaned against me or just stood. And it was... yeah. Uh, that was that was no problem. So I cheered and I looked at her and she just did just sort of stare in amazement. I'm going to say it was amazement. I'm going to say it was. Yeah. She just couldn't quite believe what a goal she'd seen. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was just she was taking it all in. Let's say that thing you say about um, having her stood on a chair. Obviously, she's five, perfectly fine. My son is now nearly thirteen, and not at home games because we sit at home games. But when we go to away games, he's always stood on the chair next to me and it's never been a problem. But the last game last season, Leeds away, I was very conscious of the fact that he's now in that annoying in-between height where he's too, still too small to actually see when everyone stands up. But he's definitely too tall to stand on a chair without blocking the view of the person behind him. So, yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Um, but we didn't go, that wasn't an issue at Brentford because we didn't go to Brentford. So what we're going to talk about now, we went, as we mentioned last week, to our brother's engagement party, um, which was almost perfectly timed to coincide with uh, Brentford versus Spurs. And I thought this was going to be um, purgatory of relying on horrible Wi-Fi connections and Sky Go and what have you. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to dress it up in any way, shape or form. At 1.59, I got my phone out. I tried to get onto Sky, and then a very friendly a member of staff at the golf club where the party was taking place said, oh, it's on the screen behind you. And I turned around, and there was a lovely big screen showing Brentford Spurs, and I sat down and I watched it. Yeah, that, I would without... say that, that, that makes you sound a bit stupid. It's, the screen was out of sight. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm all for making you look stupid. Um, but on this occasion, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't see the screen when the guy. No, I could, no, yeah, it wasn't quite as bad as I just made it sound. But yeah, um, and myself, along with a number of other Spurs fans in attendance, some Arsenal fans in attendance, no Brentford fans that I could make out, um, sat and watched the entire game. So, um, I mean, I would say I'm sorry to my brother, but I'm absolutely not. You do not schedule social engagement during the football season. Everyone knows that, especially not the first weekend of the football season. Um, so he's lucky I was there at all. Um, but yeah, so we watched the game together, sort of. Yeah, we did. And I would say, and I think 
anyone that knows you would would know this already but you are not you're not one to hide your feelings not one to hide your emotions so Spurs actually scored their first goal when we were following on phones. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, so so yeah, we we didn't actually get the TV on until about ten minutes, whatever, just after Spurs scored. Yeah, and I think um, my father-in-law was trying to watch it on my phone. I gave him my phone, um, and I don't think he needed to follow because I think your phone was a bit ahead, and he heard your scream and knew that Spurs were winding up as the whole of the party. Uh, then you had to wait because obviously there was yeah. a VAR check. And I mean, VAR. And then, there was another roar again, pretty much sold it from you. And I think that when the guy from the golf club where the party was told you that the game was on, I think your words were, I love you. He, yeah. he looked, he looked, we slightly, had just scored as well. So he, right. I mean, he yeah, in the time were riding on the coattails of your, uh, of going one nil up. So yeah, anyway, we've kind of spoken about the game itself enough, the Spurs game. Uh, it was it was good. It was fine. Um, we didn't win. You're right about that. Um, and we also drew two all there last year. So in theory, nothing's changed. But in reality, everything's changed. We need to our feature. We do need to do our feature. Yeah, we're going to use uh, AI. We're going to use Chat GPT here. We have a list of all the kind of Arsenal and Spurs have played against each other. Pretty much in our in our lifetime, though we're scraping the barrel. If we go back to 1990, so we're going to ask ChatGPT to choose a game at random. Um, all of these games here, and we're going to try and see what we can uh, see what our memory is like to discuss these games. Um, and see how that goes. How many games are on that list, roughly? A lot of games, um, roughly. Um, that's <laughs> not games. Uh, not far off a hundred. Okay, so we've got we've got long old podcast ahead of us. Yeah, although we've got, yeah, we've got, we got we got we got we got a whole series. You know, we 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 can have to do three yeah, seasons yeah. of this. Our children will be yeah. doing this podcast. And also, the annoying thing about this is Spurs and Arsenal keep playing each other. <laughs> we're gonna keep adding more games. But it's an interesting it's an interesting point because um, I was listening to a podcast with the comedian Mark Watson recently. Um, who's a Bristol City fan, and just referencing that Bristol City and Bristol Rovers don't play each other as often. Yeah, I listened to that as well. It was good, yeah. And it does make you realise, like, I guess, I don't think we appreciate it any less. The spoil. Yeah. Because I do, it's such, such a huge game. Um, I think, you know, you obviously have these certain uh, rivalries like Man United-Liverpool, where obviously they're not millions of miles away, but they're not, it's different. They're uh, not got, technically derbies. They're not technically derbies. Obviously, you've got the Manchester derby as well, and you've got the, the Merseyside derby. But there are some... I've always felt sorry for fans of teams that don't have a real derby. Yeah, like Chelsea. They're, like Chelsea, yeah. There is nothing like North London derby. There's only two games, really, I look for in the when the fixtures comes out, and it is... 100%. Just in general, the North London derby is a real fascinating game, but I've never... Never really known what someone that doesn't support Arsenal Spurs. No, really I always think this. I always, I always want to know, like, if you're a Southampton fan, do you look forward to Arsenal Spurs? Because yeah. I think I would. There's not. I would look forward to Liverpool United. I would look forward to. I don't know if there's any other English 
club game where I categorically say I would look forward to it, no matter what the two teams are doing. Is there yeah. any others? So Liverpool United, I think. Man, Man City, Man United. I was going to say the Manchester derby. Uh, yeah, I think I um I think we could do a whole podcast and just the Northland derby in general. Um, the specific, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you might say that. I mean, the specific. You know, I guess we're actually playing each other in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, think, the build up. I think I'm um I'm not around a week before, or after, or during that. <laughs> um, wasn't what was it, twenty minutes ago you were talking about the op- optimism in the Spurs camp? So that's not never optimistic for the game at the Emirates. That's one thing I will categorically it, say now. With one once yeah. there in the league ever. The game they've chosen is from Sunday the third of March two thousand and thirteen. Looking at you, right. fill in the blank. I know it's the bail season. That's as much as I can give you. Well, if when you say the bail season, you mean bail played and scored, then yeah, you're absolutely right. It was the bail season. No, but it was the bail season. It was the well, season just made, all the time. Yeah, when made Real Madrid pay eighteen million pounds for him. Uh, I see. What was the score? Was it two 0 It was two one. Two one. Uh, Bale and Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, very good. Bale and Lennon. Mertesacker yeah. got one back for us just uh, after half time. So I believe that after this game, Andre Villas Boas described Arsenal being in a downward spiral. Ah, right. Now, see, AVB said a lot of things and often they were misconstrued and I think this is one of them. He wasn't saying that Arsenal Football Club were in a downward spiral. I just Googled it. It was negative spiral. Negative spiral. He just meant they were in a bad place at that particular time and it was like, it was our kind of opportunity to take advantage. He didn't mean like, oh, you know, they're going to shut down the Emirates and they're going to have to move back to Woolwich where they belong. He just said that they were going to have to, you know, that they're in a bad run of form, basically. I would never look to to laugh at someone who's speaking very eloquently in their second language. Um, I was merely pointing out that a lot of Arsenal fans did, not, not myself really, because I can really care, that's what most managers say, um, but a lot, I think it's a lot of Arsenal fans remember it, that comment. Um, and it actually, I guess you could argue it came back to, to Bob because Arsenal did finish one point ahead of Spurs. Um, I believe this could also be the season where Spurs fans thought there'd been a goal at Newcastle. Yeah, I think Never that's how Because that's a game where Bale scored a great goal in. I think he played Southampton or Sunderland in the last day of the season. And uh, yeah, uh, there's been, been a goal at St. James's Park. Uh, yeah. But that, was, that wasn't a goal at St. James's Park. Not for Newcastle anyway. I don't remember thinking that there had been a goal. I, I, well, the thing is, on the last day of the season, I always have, in, even the, in the old day, in the old pre-social media days, I would have a radio. I would actually take a radio. I would be that person. Um, but I would always be very, very up to speed with the score on the last day of the season if Spurs had anything to play for. So I knew there hadn't been a goal since James Park. So it didn't bother me. Fair enough. If I, look, if I actually look at the... Uh... Lineups for this game. There are three three of Arsenal starting up now actually working for Arsenal in uh, Jack Wilshere, Per Mertesacker, who uh, both involved in the academy setup. 
um, and then of course Mikel Arteta. Um, and there is one soul, although just about uh, players still playing for for the club that they play for on this day, and obviously that is uh, Hugo Lloris, who is just about hanging on in there at, at Tottenham. Is that right? Yeah, at the, at the time of recording. I don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic an exit as uh, Harry Kane's <laughs> was last time we recorded. But um, yeah, poor old Hugo. Not even referenced. They, they, um, I think they did just about acknowledge when they made they announced that Son was the new captain. They did acknowledge that he was taking over from Hugo Lloris. Um, but that was about as much as the club have been to um, acknowledge Hugo this summer, which is a bit sad if you ask me. Um, for a long time yeah 2012 yeah we we had one incredible transfer window um 2012 where we signed hugo yan and musa dembele never to be repeated like just find a brand new spine of the team i feel like we didn't really talk about the the game <laughs> no i mean i was i i, I was thinking the same thing and um i was Definitely at the game. I'm assuming you were too. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, you know, a real low point. Looking at the teams in particular was that Carl uh, Jenkinson started for Arsenal. Um, but I think, I mean, not not the most dramatic of games with with all three goals being before the 52nd minute. Spurs scoring two back to back ones. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I, okay, so. This game is quite typical of most of our wins over Arsenal at home. Well, all of our wins over Arsenal are at home anyway. But most of our wins over Arsenal, we are the better team and we go one or two goals up. But if we go two goals up, we are 100% guaranteed to concede a goal so that there is no enjoyment to be extracted from the game whatsoever until the final whistle goes. I think... That is what makes it. Though. Of course, you want to beat your rivals three, four, five nil, um, but there is something about hanging on. It's all, it also means you get an extra celebration. You know, the final whistle isn't as exciting if you're already two. Or yeah, three. that's true. But there is nothing, even on Saturday when Arsenal hanging on, not quite for dear life, but hanging on against Nottingham Forest. There is something about hanging on and then hearing the referee's whistle that isn't. It's different to scoring a goal. But it's this yeah. feeling that you can't you can't it, describe because it, even if the ball doesn't enter your half again, you only realise that after the game. You don't yeah, think I know, the yeah. ball is nowhere near our goal, despite uh, and we're hanging on to one goal lead. Growing up, going to Spurs with my dad, he would never ever ever stay to the end of the game, and um, so consequently, the second I was able to decide when to leave the football match, I never ever ever leave a football match before the end of the game unless in extreme circumstances and part of that is as you just said there is a completely separate but fantastic feeling that you get at the final whistle of a close game that your team has won because every every fear every kind of worst case scenario that you've envisaged suddenly just disappears in a flash and you can enjoy the end result without any fear whatsoever. So this weekend, as as I mentioned at the top of the episode, you're going on holiday, so you're not going to be going to Selhurst Park on Monday night. No, we have previously not 
been away during the, I can't remember the last time I was away beginning of the season or during the season really um so this is a bit annoying but uh, especially giving a, a London away game that I have been to more often than not recently but uh yeah the only I guess is you always, always get a terrible view at Selhurst Park so um, there is that yeah I I would go so far as to say Selhurst Park might be edging uh, Craven Cottage is my favourite London away ground. Oh, really? Possibly. So, okay, so we'll be back next week via live via satellite to discuss those two games, probably, in as much detail as we've discussed them this week. <laughs> um, and we'll probably pick a better North London derby to look back on. Um, yeah, this will be the first time my, me and my son have been to a Spurs game since Leeds away in the end of May. So, so you know how that really happens when the uh, season ends. Have a break. Actually, feels a long time though, doesn't it? Um, I'm not sure. Do you feel I a long time for you on Saturday? No, I think I, I, I think that in general, there's too much football played. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah. ran on that, but I, I'm a big fan of the sort of stoppage time and the. You know, that sort of thing, but I think in general, we're we'll in stoppage time. This podcast, we need to stop. You need the yeah. refs hold up five minutes. We're still playing. <laughs> the minimum of. Um, yeah, true. All right, well, then uh, let's say uh, goodbyes. Yeah. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs>